This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Tuesday, April 27, 2021. On this day in 1997, 27-year-old Andrew Cunanan slaughtered his closest friend, Jeff Trail. Trail's murder kicked off Cunanan's spree of five vicious killings that included real estate tycoon Lee Miglin and fashion giant Gianni Versace. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this killer's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of domestic abuse and mass murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering status-seeking serial killer Andrew Cunanan. Let's go back to Minneapolis, Minnesota on Sunday, April 27, 1997. Twenty-eight-year-old Jeff Trail was a former U.S. naval officer who met his best mate, Andrew Cunanan, when Trail was stationed in San Diego, California in 1991. The two became fast friends and grew so close, they often told people they were brothers. But something seemed off about the friendship. The handsome Trail oddly transfixed Cunanan. In a way, it seemed as though Cunanan wanted to be Trail, often emulating him by trying to capture the young man's vocal tenor or mannerisms. If Trail got a haircut, Cunanan visited Trail's barber the next day to request the same style. If Trail went shopping for a new sweater, Cunanan had to find the very store and purchase an identical item. Somehow, Cunanan always found other people's money to spend. He subsidized his lavish lifestyle by keeping the company of a handful of wealthy older gentlemen, who he lived with as a companion or met up with as a sex worker. But Cunanan also supported himself by selling prescription drugs. According to a friend of Jeff Trails, as Cunanan's shady business grew, he realized he needed protection. So, early in 1997, he asked Trail to join him as his security guard. Though Trail had military training and owned a handgun, he wanted nothing to do with Cunanan's underground dealings. The two got into a huge fight, and Trail told Cunanan he never wanted to see him again. Whether or not this was the reason for the falling out, something dramatic happened to make Trail want to get far away from Cunanan. Then Trail received a job offer in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He jumped at the chance to leave Southern California and make a fresh start. Meanwhile, Cunanan continued to struggle in San Diego. Without Trail by his side, he also decided it was time to move on. He told a few friends that he was going to Minnesota to see his old pal and settle some business with him. 
Cunanan's ex-boyfriend, 33-year-old architect David Madsen, picked him up at the airport. Then they went to dinner and drinks. Cunanan spent the following day enjoying the city. Two nights after his arrival, Cunanan invited Trail over to Madsen's apartment to clear the air. Reluctantly, Trail agreed to come by, but not too long into their reunion, a neighbor reported a disturbance. The men were fighting. Suddenly, there was an intense banging on the wall. At 9.55 p.m., the argument came to a sudden halt. The apartment grew silent. The only sound was running water from the kitchen sink. The next morning, Madsen failed to show up at work. When he didn't come in on Tuesday either, two of his co-workers knocked on his door to see if he was okay. Madsen didn't answer. Worried, Madsen's colleagues asked the building superintendent to let them into the apartment so they could check on their friend. When the super finally managed to open the door, she found the apartment empty. Then something caught her eye. Black blood iced the floor. In the corner, sticky, dark brown hair stuck out of the top of a rolled-up, blood-soaked carpet. The rug hid Jeff Trail's cold body. His wristwatch had stopped at 9.55 p.m. His face, head, and chest were beaten beyond recognition. Later, reports showed Trail endured 27 forceful blows from a claw hammer. And Cunanan was just getting started. Coming up, Andrew Cunanan continues his bloody rampage. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast, and I'm hosting the new limited series, Hollywood Scandals. We all know that Tinseltown is the land of glitz and glamour, but look closer past the allure of bright lights and red carpets. There, you'll find a more disturbing tale, one filled with tragedies and transgressions so damaging they've turned hopes and dreams into high-profile nightmares. Every Monday on this Spotify original, discover the real-life dramas of some of entertainment's biggest names. From the mysterious drowning of Natalie Wood and the murder trials of comedian Fatty Arbuckle to the star clients of Hollywood madam Heidi Fleiss. Each episode of Hollywood Scandals has been curated from shows across the ParCast network, covering over a century's worth of controversies, from the silent era into the digital age. Fame and fortune may be fleeting, but scandals, they stand the test of time. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Hollywood Scandals. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. 
On April 27, 1997, Andrew Cunanan bludgeoned his best friend, Jeffrey Trail, to death with a claw hammer. From there, it's possible Cunanan used a handgun he'd stolen from Trail to kidnap his ex-boyfriend, 33-year-old David Madsen. Or Madsen may have gone willingly as an accomplice to Trail's murder. Either way, with Madsen in tow, Cunanan set off on a four-state murder binge. Meanwhile, investigators surveying the scene of Trail's murder began to suspect David Madsen. He was nowhere to be found, and the corpse was in his apartment. But Madsen was about to become a victim himself. On Saturday, May 3rd, fishermen set out to find a good spot for the day on East Rush Lake, about 60 miles from Minneapolis. They were stunned to come across David Madsen's corpse on the lakeshore. 40 caliber bullets perforated his body. Cunanan had used Trail's old handgun to shoot Madsen in the center of his face, head, and in the back. Later, forensic experts reported that the only defensive wounds they discovered were on his fingers. This suggested Madsen raised his hands in an attempt to block the shots. Though the police had yet to track Hunanan, he had stolen Madsen's Jeep and fled to Chicago. On May 4th, the day after Madsen's body was located at East Rush Lake, Cunanan made his third kill. This time, his victim was 72-year-old Chicago real estate mogul Lee Miglin. Miglin's wife, Marilyn, made arrangements to meet her husband at the airport that day, but when he failed to pick her up, she grew concerned and went to check in on him at home. When she made it to their estate, she noticed an unlatched gate and a messy kitchen. Marilyn entered the garage and saw that Miglin's Jade Lexus was also missing. This prompted her to run inside and call the police. Investigators searched the home, and there were no signs of forced entry. Law enforcement finally discovered Miglin's blood-stained corpse in the garage. Cunanan had bound the elderly gentleman with duct tape, stabbed him at least 20 times with a screwdriver, and slit his throat wide open with a hacksaw. On the heels of Miglin's death, the FBI listed Andrew Cunanan on its most wanted fugitives list. On May 9th, five days after Cunanan took Miglin's life, he committed his fourth murder. This time, Cunanan murdered 45-year-old New Jersey Cemetery groundskeeper William Reese. Reese worked at Finns Point National Cemetery in Pennsville, New Jersey. He owned a red pickup truck, which seemed to be the sole reason Cunanan took his life. He needed a getaway car. Reese was discovered in the cemetery office on the morning of May 10th with gruesome gunshot wounds in his head. Though the pickup was gone, Miglin's Jade Lexus was left in its place. Cunanan had disappeared once again. Weeks later, Cunanan resurfaced in Miami Beach. Despite being wanted by the FBI, he made little effort to hide at this point. He went out in the evenings, was highly visible around town, and even used his name when he pawned some gold he'd stolen from Miglin. Perhaps he was looking to be caught. It could also be why he searched for a new victim with a higher public profile. 
On July 15th, fashion great Johnny Versace left his grandiose South Beach mansion to go for a stroll. Upon returning home, Cunanan appeared from nowhere, greeted Versace, and shot him in cold blood on his doorstep. Immediately, Cunanan fled the crime scene. Within hours, authorities found the stolen red pickup and in it, a fake passport, Cunanan's clothing, and newspaper clippings Cunanan had saved that described his previous murders. Because Versace was such a high-profile figure, his murder instigated a more intense chase for Cunanan. An estimated 1,000 FBI agents participated in the search for the serial killer. Finally, on July 23rd, a week after Versace's death, the FBI got the tip they needed to end the manhunt once and for all. The caretaker of a Miami boathouse alerted the police when he found an intruder on the yacht. Just as special forces were about to close in on the boat, Andrew Cunanan shot himself in the mouth with the same handgun he had used in the other killings. There was no suicide note, no plea for forgiveness, no written statement to illuminate his motives. The police arrived after the gunshot. Assuming Cunanan was still alive and on the vessel, they staged a long standoff, but their killer was already dead. We'll never really know why Cunanan set out on his killing spree. Some of his murders were based on personal grudges, but others seemed totally random. And 20 years later, there are still so many unanswered questions about Cunanan's need to kill. But one thing is for sure. If Cunanan was desperate to be remembered, he certainly earned his place as one of the sickest and most cruel murderers in history. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this one, check out my other show, Serial Killers, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells and Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Claire Cronin. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey there, Carter again. Before you go, remember to check out my new podcast limited series, Hollywood Scandals. In anticipation of the Oscars, we're unearthing some of the most sordid controversies in showbiz history. Tune in every Monday. Follow Hollywood Scandals free only on Spotify. <laughs>